and then uh, basically I put a hammock uh, and uh, that's the beginning of uh, our relationship. <laughs> you know, that's, that is so crazy because you're probably one of the only people on planet earth right now that has an, a human based insight and experience into like the, the hunter gatherer days and now traditional current society. From working with indigenous tribes to traveling all over the globe to help save our planet's most endangered species, Pierre Fidenci gives us a window into the amazing work that ESI does on an international scale. Keep in mind, Pierre did this podcast from a very remote area in the Philippines, so the audio to start might be a little bit choppy, but it does get a lot better as we go. So, let's do it. Too many days in the darkness Without a glimpse of the light Running tired and broken and scared But I swear I'll never give up the fight I see you broken and beat Head pulled down over your eyes Every part of you wants to surrender Darling, you were meant to survive Well, thanks for coming on today, Pierre. It is so awesome to have such an incredible organization come on my podcast because like everything you guys do is so specific. It's so unique, let alone being international. You know, Europe, Asia, Africa, it's so worldly too. And, you know, you can see the the world map behind me. That's like exactly what I'm trying to make this podcast about. Um, so, you know, for the, the people listening and maybe hearing about you guys for the very first time, you know, would you be able to paint them a picture of, you know, who Endangered Species Internationals is and really your goals and what your, your mission is? So basically, uh, thank you for inviting me for the podcast first. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm very happy to to to, to share uh, about uh, endangered species internationals. Um, basically, it it was created uh, in 2007 uh, by me and uh, some of the board members. But um, it's not something that uh, came out uh, out of me in 2007. It's 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 a passion since I was very young, 16 years old, and I was already around the world, starting at 17. Uh, learning about uh, the natural world, uh, the, 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 the animals, and also trying to do my part. So even at 21 years old, I already had some projects for three years in Costa Rica and gathering some, some, some fans uh, from, from Europe. So it, it, it's not uh, uh, something that just came out uh, recently or the last uh, 20 years, but it's, it's my life, basically. And um, Endangered Species International, um, uh, the main mission is, 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 is to stop uh, the, the, the species uh, extensions because it, it, it's really uh, a huge uh, issue, uh, even though we don't talk about it. And uh, by saving mostly uh, wild habitat, because um, the, the, one of the main um, uh, causes of uh, species decline is the destruction or the alteration of uh, the, the natural habitat where all those species, uh, animals and, and plants lives. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I've um, you know, from my my research, I know the the habitat is always um is always the, the seems like to be like the number one cause of uh you know animal extinction, especially with the mammals. You know, people that you know the the species that everyone sees. You know, the tigers, the elephants. Um, something that that caught my eye too 
looking at the, the the mission of you guys was really you guys are so strongly committed to reversing the trend of human induced species and extinction and i never uh, never thought about it because i i'd always thought extinction from species was always human induced you know is are there any non-human induced related reasons species end up approaching extinction Okay, so that's a very good question. So uh, the human-induced uh, expansion is very recent, okay? Uh, now there's other uh, wildlife expansions, uh, extension, sorry, that, that occurs throughout the history of the Earth. Uh, there was, uh, you know, um, for, for example, the very famous uh, dinosaurs who dis disappeared, um, that, that there was uh, natural extensions, uh, probably due to volcanoes, eruptions, and maybe also meteorites. We're not so sure if it could be actually a combination of all of that. Mm. But there are natural extensions, even within big events, meaning that uh, uh, any species that is on Earth will naturally evolve into a different species and disappear. Uh, that's what ha will happen to us eventually, even though some people will not want to, you know, uh, to happen <laughs> to us, but eventually uh, Homo sapiens. It's almost like evolving. Our species. Exactly. And will change in something else, evolve into something else. Uh, just to give you... Uh, an idea in the natural uh, extension background rate, we lose about um, uh, uh, 700 species in 10,000 years. Mm. So that's that's a normal way. Okay, so you will have some 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 species will disappear naturally. So it's 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 it's, it's okay to, to to have that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And I mean, that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of species, you know, and only, you only think about the future too. It's like, what's, what's the time frame, and what's this world going to look like in, you know, another couple hundred years, couple thousand years. What, um, okay. So that, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 And what are some of like the, the degrees of being endangered, you know, from being um, a species that's thriving and you have a lot, your, your numbers are high in comparison to like the Sumatran tigers where, you know, their, their numbers are starting to um, dwindle a little bit. What's the kind of like the spectrum, how does it go in, in cause of concern? Okay. So, so, so the decline uh, to, 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 the, to where it's very concerning where the species is classified as, critically endangered, meaning on the verge to, to, to be totally extinct, um, it, it, it can vary uh, broadly uh, depending on, on the cause that, that, that causing this, 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 uh, this, uh, this problem um, and, and the location, uh, the species also, uh, the species uh, react different uh, uh, according to the, the different uh, threats uh, going towards them. Uh, so basically, uh, it, it, it can be very fast, uh, like we have seen with, with for example, uh, uh, the mountain gorillas. Uh, they, they, they went down very fast due to lack of habitat and hunting, uh, finally. But, um, and some species are, are not very visible, uh, meaning that uh, they will go down, but they will not be under, under our radar. And then we usually we will find out uh, that they are so rare and almost extinct almost the last minute i would say oh and man that stinks you don't even have a warning that, yeah 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 there's no warning exactly we haven't seen the population declines and suddenly we just still see a few individuals uh or we discover the species already in critically endangered state meaning that they are ready to be declined and it happens many places around the world especially in in island 
habitat where we discover new species and we discover, oh my God, it's only fun in this tiny island, in this little cave like frogs. And if you don't protect that cave, this is finished, basically. Oh man, yeah, because that, I mean, I'm sure that takes a lot of time to implement, you know, your your barriers and your checkpoints before people reach, you know, more um, higher levels of concern of being endangered. And then all of a sudden, like, if you don't have that, <laughs> that window to even do it, I mean, it, it's got to be hard to even stop it when it gets to a, a certain degree, right? Right. And also, for example, I mean, um, we are talking about extension, which means like have a, a, that's the first major issue. And then we have a second issue that is as, almost as big as the first one, which is defonation, which means that uh, we are losing um, animals around us, okay? Uh, the, uh, the insect are gone, for example, in Europe and, and North America, and also in, um, in, in part of China, 70% uh, of the insect are gone. It does not mean that they already extent, but, or they are going to be extinct in the next 10 years, but the populations are so low, that we don't see them anymore. They are not there anymore. They mm. are found in some certain areas uh, where it's still protected, yeah, but we used to see them all around us, okay, not too long ago, and they are not there anymore. So we have a two, two problems. The main one is extension of some species. We are completely going to go extinct. We know those ones already. And then the deformation, those who are not there anymore. Uh, and we know that, we are aware of that, but we're still not acting on that. You see the two problems. Yeah. And uh, and all of that, uh, uh, we can just say, for example, we have about 8 million species, animal species and plants. Um, and we know for sure that we have 1 million that's threatened to be extinct very soon. 1 million or out of the 8 million. 1 million out of 8 million um, insects, you said? Yes, correct. Oh, wow. Yeah, because the insects are the hardest, are the hardest, I'm sure, to, to keep track of, count, and kind of, uh, you know, plan for, right? Uh, they can be hard, and they also can be uh, easy, because you can do some, um, some, 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 some uh, very easy surveys, sampling surveys. Uh, okay. But for the insect, we, we have a clear idea that most of the insects are, are, are declining is because of, of the pollution and the, the uh, agriculture that we are uh, implementing around the world uh, with these all the chemicals and the pesticides, uh, that's the main cause uh, of uh, the decline of, of the insects. And I wanna just uh, highlight one thing. We, we are talking about global warming all the time. I mean, I will not say all, all the time, but it's quite making the news, but we rarely talk about the, the, the wildlife uh, extension, the species extension, even though it's, uh, it's occurring right now. Even if we remove global warming from the equation, species extension and the decline of all life on Earth will occur no matter what, because the problem is not global warming at this point. Of course, global warming will add to the problem. It will cause some species to decline faster. There's no problem with that. However, you know, if we remove the global warming into the equations, the problem will be exactly the same. Mm. That's interesting. That is very interesting. Simply say. because the, 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 the main cause is, 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 is uh, habitat destruction, uh, illegal and over hunting, overfishing around the planet. Uh, 
the, the population growth are grown to a point where it's, 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 it's invading all the, the home and natural habitat of, of many species and many animals can adapt with human beings, but many of them cannot. They cannot cohabit with human beings. That's a reality. That's why also ESI, uh, we are fighting to, to create more protected area uh, so the animals can have a home too. And also they can live with the indigenous people. Live indigenous people and uh, it's different than, uh, you know, than, for example, our lifestyle. Uh, uh, our lifestyle, uh, we have to recognize that is very destructive. Okay, we, we drive cars, we, we build roads. Uh, uh, all the, these roads are, are posing a problem also for many animals. So they cannot cross it, or if they do, like snakes, they might, uh, you know, um, uh, crossed over. But uh, if you, uh, the indigenous people who live in the rainforest of the Amazon or, or in yeah. Africa, um, they don't have the same impact, obviously. Yeah, I was going to, um, I was actually on my new show on YouTube, actually a couple uh, months ago, I, I had chatted because I thought this was the coolest thing. And maybe you haven't heard of it, so maybe you'll get a kick out of it. Over in Agura Hills, California, there's a wildlife crossing that just began construction this past April with expectation to be completed in about two years. And it's it's going to be called the, the Wallace-Annenberg Wildlife Crossing. And it actually um, has an entire road of vegetation that spans over a 10-lane um, freeway that allows for the safe crossing of, of wildlife. And I thought that was like the coolest thing because it's like thinking outside the box, you know, it's, it's the definition of helping animals, which then helps human welfare because the animals have a safe path to cross. And then they're also not getting in the way of traffic. So like, you're not going to have to deal with the accidents and the, and the danger too. And it kind of allows for a nice mutual, um, agreement. So in the urban areas, I thought that that's, that was a very good, I'm surprised that we're just doing that now, honestly. Correct. Correct. And, you know, we, we were talking about that and already in, in the seventies, even in eighties, people want trying to push this kind of, uh, you know, uh, mitigation, I would say, or I should say, yeah. So some projects and, and, and it's kind of late, but you know, yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never too, too late. <laughs> I, um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, when you had mentioned over, um, over hunting too, that brought up, um, in mind, uh, you know, what's, what's going on in, in Congo right now. And especially with in, in indigenous people where I've, I've read that, you know, they they tend to sometimes either overhunt or that's just kind of like the food that's that's around them. And, you know, coming from from your perspective, um, how how is it that you're able to kind of help, say, like in the Congo, where maybe there's an overhunting of, of gorillas and you don't want the gorillas to go extinct. So you help these indigenous people try to maybe find other alternatives to food or or so. So they don't absolutely um, make the animals go extinct over there, but you know, that they're still getting their protein. They're still being able to hunt, but at a sustainable level, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, there, there's gotta be a little bit of unsustainability, even if that is, um, something that they absolutely rely on. And I'm just so interested in how you guys, especially work with indigenous people as well, because, you know, it's, you're able to establish the trust, um, you know, maintain that trust. I think that's like the most amazing thing ever too. So, I mean, uh, if you could just open up a little bit about how you guys are able to do that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned earlier, we, we have a project uh, in, in Congo to, 
to save uh, uh, western lowland gorillas. So it's also an endangered species, and and the main uh, one of the main threats it's it's um, illegal hunting. So basically, um, uh, the uh, indigenous people um, in all our projects are our best friends. Uh, even though some of them, you know, will be up and illegally hunting uh, the gorillas. And why I'm saying the best friend first because they know the area, the nature, and the forest extremely well. A good hunter knows every animal almost. He knows the pathway how to go in the forest. So we always make friends with them. We, we partner together and we hire the, the illegal hunters uh, to work with us. So basically to convert them, convert those people into former, uh, hunters, illegal hunters, uh, into uh, 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 protectors of, of, of the rainforest and the animals. So how do we do that? Basically, uh, we have to go, we go through a training process um, uh, and also uh, changing uh, the mine and trying to bring back the old um, um, uh, mine uh, back uh, into the mine of the people because basically uh, the gorillas uh, in the past, uh, people were rarely hunting gorillas. They were like regarded as, as, as almost like a, a god fi a fi figure to the local communities, the local mm. indigenous people. But the hunting uh, in, uh, increased uh, the last about 50 years, uh, especially the last 20 years, uh, due to because the, the urban population increased. Uh, so the people living in the urban population got more money. And um, uh, they, they, they got this idea that uh, if you eat uh, gorilla, you will get stronger. And, and so they put more money on the table, say, bring me some gorillas, I want to eat that. Um, so this is not, not necessarily something that was occurring so much into the past, even though they, 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 they were hunting sometimes some gorillas, but it was quite not uh, a problem. Uh, so we also work in the urban areas to stop the selling of the gorillas. So we spend a, a considerable time into the farmer's market monitoring, going after those who knows they cannot sell the gorillas, to stop them gorillas. So like this, the buyer comes, there is nothing else. Uh, buying mm -hmm. beside uh, other type of animals. So that's uh, the second thing. But also uh, we, 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 we create a protected area where we can employ permanently the people who are hunting for the gorillas and they can have an income. So that's one way. And you know, we bring ecotourism so people can go into the forest, uh, visit, learn about the wildlife, the amazing wildlife of the, 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 uh, the, the Congo, including the forest elephants and et cetera, and uh, have an income. Hmm, no, that's a sounds like a, a a tall order too. That's a lot of that's a lot of work just to help maintain just that that one. I can only imagine how much resources, staff that that takes, and maintaining those those relationships over there too. Because it's like you're you're helping them too, but you're also there. There's some there's some figures over there too that are also trying to still you know ma maintain their income, their their sales, their approach on that. So it's a it's an interesting dynamic. You guys kind of have to. Um, kind of balance on there um i'd love to learn like how, your your approach with indigenous people um as well and how you're able to like you know first either meet with them establish a relationship increase that trust because a lot of times probably people probably think of the indigenous people today you know of of like the the, the centennials where 
who live on, you know, the Island between India and Thailand where, you know, they see him as hostile and, you know, um, especially, especially over there too, where it's like the, the only Island in the world where like no one's allowed to go on because of the, the hostility, you know? Um, and how are you able to just like establish that trust with them, um, maintain it when maybe those tribes haven't had like the best relationships in the past with, with people, or maybe they, they, um, you know, and you guys are like that new group trying to like get in and, um, and, and, you know, increase their sustainability without them thinking, oh, they're just trying to take away our, our, our hunting, or they're trying to take away this supply that we have. So, so, um, first of all, I, I spent a considerable uh, time in the field uh, with the indigenous people in the past, uh, whatever it's in the Amazon, uh, in South uh, East Asia and, and in Africa. So I, I had already a, a sense before we started the project in, in Congo, um, you know, how to a little bit uh, uh, deal with that. So, so basically, um, there are some indigenous tribes um, who don't want to be in contact with humans. I mean, human, and what I mean with other uh, uh, tribe or especially with us uh, from, you know, the, the other world. Um, in this case, you, you respect and, and, and you don't want to try to, to, to of course, uh, interfere where they wish. Now, those who are uh, open to the, to the world, um, it, it, it takes, it can take a long process, but always uh, uh, step by steps. You have to come back every time. It goes little by little. And especially, uh, you have to get the, the, the confidence of, of, of the, the, or the trust of the chief of, of the group or, or the village. Um, once you have that, um, of course, it, 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 you're, you're not going to take their, their land away. You're not going to take their, their, their right away. Uh, uh, that's the opposite. You have to explain to them that you're going to give them more power because we are here to protect their land. Uh, Which benefits their them. Ancestral land. We're not going to come here. Exactly. Yeah, we're not here to cut the trees or uh, even to, uh, to, to have a mining project. Uh, so we are here to protect the, the area and at the same time um, uh, to make sure that uh, they, they can still hunt. Uh, but of course, uh, and they, they understand very quickly uh, the importance of protecting endangered species. Actually, they already know they are endangered. You know, it's not like we are not giving new information. You know, they, they saw the trend going down. You know, it's, it's, it's completely different. Uh, the, before the gorillas were, were not as afraid. Uh, uh, now in this area, for example, I'm talking about in Congo, it's very difficult to see the, 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 the gorillas uh, because they know they're being hunted. Mm. Uh, but in the past, it wasn't the case. You could see a, a, a group of gorilla not too far and, and it's just like you have an amazing time. But uh, nowadays it's not possible anymore. They've been hunting for, 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 for the last uh, 50 years. So the, the entire population's uh, behavior have changed. Um, so, uh, they, 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 by little, and of course, you have to show them uh, trust, and 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 you have to to support them financially at the beginning. Okay, you have to bring uh, resources uh, that come up. You know, you cannot just only talk. You also have to bring uh, financial resources in, into the project and into the population. Now, you can also bring them uh, uh, ideas and, and training for having alternative livelihood. Uh, that often can be uh, uh, work very well, uh, but often also can cannot work because um, uh, you cannot turn, for example, uh, somebody has been hunting all his life, all a generation, into a fisherman. You know, uh, in, it, it, it's, it's it's it can be quite complicated. It's not that easy. You know, and a lot of pride. I'm sure a, they have. Yeah, a foreigner uh, or external. 
and is a pride of course etc etc yeah 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 how, and how are they um how are they hunting do they still use you know almost like the, the the sticks and stones um saying where they're you know bow and arrows you know rocks and and, and things of that nature uh so it depends on the tribes uh some tribes do uh still do use that definitely and, and some of them don't use uh just gun uh rifles um because it's easy obviously um but uh we do work with some tribes who still use like uh, yeah arrows and then and blowgun and uh yeah uh, the traditional way and they're and it's it's amazing that you're you're out there with them in in the woods you know seeing all this too how are you able to communicate with them oh that's that's uh the, the first uh the first communication is, of course is difficult i always take guides with me Mm. Who um who can translate and 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 have knowledge of of course of the of the, the local language or the, the language of of the tribal uh, that I that I am uh, targeting, um the, and and with a uh, of course it's it's the, the main key is to find a good translator. That's very difficult, uh because um I'm very precise precise with, with with the words and it has to be translated also very precisely. So it cannot be, uh, you know, diverted to something a little bit, uh, you know, that you don't want to. So the, the translator is super important. And then you need to uh, always to approach the chief first and ask him if you can be accepted and stay in the village. And if he does agree, it will give you a place to stay. So that depends uh, on, 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 the, on the, the tribal structure. There's a place for that only for, for, for people from the outside or, or they will uh, put you or sometimes I sleep with the chief in, in his house. It's a, you know, uh, leave me, yeah, offer me uh, to stay with him. Uh, and then uh, basically I put a hammock uh, and uh, that's the beginning of uh, our relationship. <laughs> you know, that's, that is so crazy because you're probably one of the only people on planet earth right now that has an, a human based insight and experience into like the, the hunter gatherer days and now traditional current society. That is that is insane. I, I I love that too. I mean, you've got to be like one in <laughs> one in a billion experience here, man. <laughs> Do you get nervous when you um when you're in these situations? Because these are, I mean, I mean, no matter how new it is, how many times you've done it, I mean, there's got to be a level of um of concern for yourself, right? Well, uh, I, I I'm going to be very honest with you. I am not nervous. I am super super excited hmm. every time I enter a new village. A, a new tribal uh, area, uh, because for me it's it's a total discovery, total learning, uh, full of exchange, and um, I never had any problems. Of course, uh, I'm not going to try to go to an area where, like as I said, it's called the red zone. I would call it where you're not allowed to go in, uh, or there's uh, uh, robot threats or any kind of yeah. danger. Uh, of course, you cannot always, uh, you know. Uh, calculate all the dangers there are always risks and there's always uh, you know uh, bad things i wish <laughs> that would happen but but uh uh it, it's uh, and for me it's ex super exciting because also so um it's, it's meaning it's the beginning of uh, and and the progress of our project oh yeah that's that's um 
I mean, it's awesome stuff. I mean, you're, you're talking, you're meeting brand new people that, I mean, you have, you, you've got to have some great nicknames that they've, uh, they've given you over the years, I'm sure. Right. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> sure. Yes. And you, and you speak some languages that nobody else probably in the world speaks. Your passport has got to look like a stamp book at this point. <laughs> right. right. Well, I changed. They, they're not big enough. That's a problem. Yeah. They don't have enough pages. Yeah. <laughs> that is a problem yeah. that I would love to have, man. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. It sounds like you you, you love what you do. How, um, what are what are some other um current projects you guys are you guys are um you know uh in on right now? So basically, uh. We were trying to, to, to create more protect areas around the world. And so that's, that's for example, the Congo project, but everywhere we, where we are, it doesn't matter if it's the Amazon basin or in um, uh, East Asia or Southeast Asia, like for example, in the Philippines, uh, where I am now, we are trying to create protected area because it's, um, it's, it's, it's a very effective way uh, to save species and, and protect their, their home and their habitat. Uh, of course, it's, it's it's a long process. Um, so basically, I'll just give you an example here in the Philippines. Uh, we also are working into the ocean world. Okay, not only we are working on the forest, the land, but also in the ocean because the ocean is also extremely endangered. We haven't mentioned that, uh, but for example, sixty percent of uh, of the marine environment is significantly uh, altered by human actions and. Um, uh, you know, if, uh, just take back again, uh, back to the Philippines, uh, not too long ago, just about 150 years ago, people were able to, to almost catch a f uh, fish by hands along the shorelines, you know, with uh, arrow and, and it was so easy. They were so abundant. It was so normal. And, mm -hmm. and nowadays uh, you can go with fishing nets and, and spend hours and hours along the coastline and fish nothing, zero. Uh, most of the big fish are, are already gone, it's finished. So the situation is very there, and, and that's why we're spending a lot of time uh, protecting the ocean as well. Yeah, I love on your, um, your, your website, which if anybody um, is listening to this right now, I highly encourage you to go on his website because they have monthly newsletters, I think it, it looks like, to where your, your one last, uh, last month talked about the loss of uh, wild sounds and how human-induced sounds affect wildlife right. without us, which might be the the biggest effect on wildlife humans have without us even realizing it because you know it, mm -hmm. your your website was so enlightening because you talk about how much we've like affected the singing whales and different amphibians not only with our own sounds like maybe threatening them but also they're unable to communicate with each other and how it's a it's a threat to different species and you know i love too like the the average conversation that that takes place is 60 decibels with um, um, the motorcycle engine being like 90, about 95 decibels on average. And when you factor in the t terrestrial wildlife response to noises as low as 40 decibels. So the average noise we produce can have such a tremendous effect on wildlife because if we, we put ourselves into like an animal's position where we're laying down in our bed and we hear a loud noise at night, we're going to get startled and look out the window. And then the following night, we might 
be already a little bit on that on that high alert, you know, just in case something happens. And then if we do get mm-hmm. something and we're in the wild, all of a sudden something snakes past us, boom, we have an interaction with with that animal. I mean, the domino effect um, by just noise alone, um, you know, that that definitely uh, woke my eyes up too. where you consider highways going through and, and different side roads and hikers at night and where and when you decide to go off a beaten path, when you're on a hike, you might be disturbing so much, not only in foot traffic, but in noise and what you're, you're sent. Um, and I, I, I never really knew any of that until like this, this deep dive in there. And it was so eye opening to the effects that when you speak about like what we talked about before your mission of being human induced, a lot of this, we don't even realize we're doing. Yeah, thank you, Daniel, to bring back, I mean, to, to talk about that because it's, it's, it's a very uh, poorly known uh, issue, uh, the noise and the noise pollution uh, induced by human. And, and, and it, it's such a huge effect into the animal world. We don't, of course, uh, talk about it and don't realize so much, but the, the impact is, 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 is actually tremendous. Uh, and the same way uh, it is with the light. Uh, I just add the light as a pollution, light, uh, the light at night, uh, that creates a huge pollution and, 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 and also induce extension on, in some species. Um, lights at night is, is extremely disturbing. Uh, species are used to be uh, nocturnal, meaning their habitat is at night with no light. Uh, and then when there's a full moon, which means there is light, they hide. So just imagine a place now we have light 24 seven. It's, it's, it's like you, for example, if tomorrow we put light 24 seven, even when you sleep. Yeah. You know, you have no more night. Uh, that's the opposite. It's extremely stressful and it's displacing a tremendous uh, amount of, of, of species away. We, we, and it's the same as, as the noise as you very well uh, uh, explained. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and, and with light, that must anger every species because the ones that you know, um, you know, are are awake at night are like, "What's this light doing?" And then the ones that sleep at night are like, "What? What's with this light?" <laughs> so right, exactly. Have, yeah. It's such a, a downer for everybody, you know. Correct. Um, and I, I, I love researching and reading about, um, you know, lions and and the prides out in in Africa too. And I know that once that full moon hits that completely domino affects um, them, especially because they're hunting at night, especially the females on their own, they're hunting at night and their advantage is able, they're able to just almost hide in plain sight because their, their prey can only see like, like humans, they can only see so far into the distance at night and they could be almost right in front of their prey and their prey can't see unless, you know, if there's a full moon, you know, their, their covers a little blown, you know, they're no longer James Bond there. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's correct. And you know, I uh, think about the tiger. It's the same with with, uh, with snakes. Uh, there's nocturnal snakes. Uh, we need oh, the I don't want to. Hunt. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Snakes are snakes are my thing. But keep going. Sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, they they use they use the the the, the heat of the of the prey to to locate the prey at night. Uh, the night vision, of course, is very good. But if if there's light. They can be seen and and they cannot uh, they, they 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 cannot hunt anymore. So as you see, yeah, the light is is, is a huge issue. Yeah, mm, that is uh, 
That that is interesting too. How just you know when you look at the full moon, you enjoy it one way, but you have no idea the absolute insanity that that throws. Because then, of course, I mean, that rolls into the next day, and then I mean the I mean I guess the perfect way to describe it is just a domino effect when that happens. I um right. I wanted to get your right. and 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 you know you, you the, go sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I was just going to add uh, another another thing about lights, uh, and, and the moon. Uh, <clears throat> for example, the the, the coral reef, uh, the corals, uh, they they have uh, sporing. The, 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 they, they sprout. They make the the eggs um, during the full moon. So they need a full light for that. Now, uh, and happens only uh, two or three times a year. Uh, they, this is a, a breeding event that happens all together. So the entire ecosystem, uh, the coral reef, is full of eggs. So it's like snow when you go snorkeling at, at, at night during the full moon. Um, now, if you build a, a big city or complex with a lot of light near the shoreline, uh, the light will be on all the time. And that will interfere with the breeding cycle uh, of the corals. So you see, it's... Uh, uh, the full moon is important. It's, uh, it's, and you need that, you know, that... that day and night, this, this event when it's very dark and then suddenly it's, you know, uh, we have the full moon bring back the light. So if it's light all the time, it's also we interfere with the ocean world, not only with, uh, you know, it's what I wanted to add. It's not only the terrestrial, but it's also into, into the water. Yeah. That's interesting too, because it's almost like redefining the word pollution. Because when we think of the word pollution, we think of, you know, smoke or, you know, people throwing um, garbage in the, you know, in, in the ocean or in the rainforest. But, you know, we talk about noise pollution or light pollution. I mean, that's just mm -hmm. as, as effective because it changes wildlife where, correct. I mean, you're, it's, you're actually are polluting unknowingly, especially with noise and light too. I mean, you, you know, you go out with your flashlight at night, even to walk on the beach, that could be affecting something, let alone, you know, like a lighthouse being installed or, you know, a, a big development right on the beach being installed. I mean, that that to itself could be considered habitat destruction, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. You, 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 and then uh, nowadays, many cities are, are reducing their, their, their light at night. Uh, after certain hours, they turn off the light, the street light. Uh, and uh, by so and bring back you know, more trees and etc. And and the, and the wildlife is coming back. There's no there's no doubt about that. Yeah, we saw that a little bit during COVID when everyone. Was, I don't know, you know where you live. If you have the yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, I'm I'm down mm -hmm. in uh, Miami over here. Um, so it's I mean we have a lot of uh right, you know, right marine life right. and so. But I was uh I, you know you saw a lot during COVID mm -hmm. where people kind of retracted indoors a little bit and then the the wildlife started kind of exploring right back which is crazy to think mm. how quickly right. how quickly the lack of human presence explodes the presence of wildlife you know where you almost you, you start i seen i was starting to see videos of bobcats you know starting to um make their way closer to towns and how they pick up on the lack of human presence uh, you know on trails and in the woods and then they start kind of um i don't want to say overtaking the land again but kind of regaining their presence in certain areas of the woods mm -hmm. that they just really didn't have. That's correct. That's correct. And it's called, yeah, we call that resilience. And, and we saw that also in Chernobyl, you know, uh, the, the, in, in, in Russia, where, I mean, in Ukraine, sorry, where the entire uh, uh, 
uh, area that is, 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 is forbidden to go in. Uh, it's, it's, the wildlife is, is, is abounding. It's, it's, it's very, very healthy. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, when human presence is, is removed, definitely uh, the wildlife is coming back very quickly. That's the good news. It's a very good news, especially if you, if you create a protected area. So this, you know, I'm, what I'm saying is uh, uh, we can do uh, a lot to reverse uh, the impact we're having and to have a better world. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it, it's truly amazing how the you know the earth and different species and humans and how we all just operate within each other. You know, we're we're in a, a cause and effect of each other at a constant. It's it's so interesting how it works. And you know, speaking of of humans too um when we stick our our it, even even if it's the most well intended as well when we stick our hands into something how that can affect it and i wanted to get your thoughts on this because i feel like i had a great intention it was well intended on this but then the more i think about it you know are we having a negative impact on this so i do a news show on on mondays and thursdays afternoons and i love to include wildlife and and animals that are endangered where their numbers you know go up and so and you know there was a a red panda cub that was born in the potter zoo in michigan last week there was a red wolf born in roger williams zoo back in may and then there's a sumatran tiger who i know is on the critically endangered list for for anyone who doesn't know that is just think of the guy in the frosted flakes right um but the, um the sumatran tiger gave birth to two sumatran tiger cubs in a zoo in oklahoma back mm -hmm. in july so i'm like you know clap my hands throwing it on the news show like this is awesome stuff but then i'm thinking you know, being raised in zoos, does that inhibit these tigers from being able to ever live and thrive in the wild again? You know, because we're putting our human touch on it where we think, oh, look at me, I'm, uh, you know, helping to increase the population. But at the same time, now you're making those tigers 100% reliant on humans to where they will never, those tigers can never function on their own in, in the wild again. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Okay, that's that, that's that's a very good question. So for, for for some species, it's once they are bred into the zoo and raised into the zoo, they cannot put back into the wild. They will eventually die. They cannot adapt. For some other species, like like for example, um, it could be the snakes, uh, frogs. Uh, you could breed them into the zoo. And release them back into the wild, and they will do fine. Yeah, you know, they, they will be like almost uh, as if they were never left the wild. Uh, assuming, of course, it's not uh, uh, so many generations after the other ones had been bred into the zoo, because then you're going to create some modifications. But um, if the lapse time is, is, is not too long enough, uh, then uh, for, for, for some species, it, it, it's no problem. But for many mammals, for example, it's it's out of the questions. And, and also, uh, before releasing back into the wild, you have to make sure that the wild is okay, meaning you know, the habitat is fine. Uh, and that's why they cannot uh, bounce back into the wild because the habitat is not fine, is not yet suitable. So mm. uh, first, before releasing, uh, if we can release, uh, the animals, we have to make sure that um, uh, the causes 
that are uh, making those species uh, almost extinct is, is, is removed uh, um, even locally. And, and, and many times uh, it's simply, there's not enough habitat. You know, like the, the species that you mentioned, they need a large, vast amount of habitat. It's, you cannot protect just one wetland of, of uh, let's say two acres, that's not enough, right? So that's, that's, that's all the, the, the issues we have to deal with. Yeah, because I, I think, I guess too, like take like the Sumatran tiger, right? I mean, if you release them back in the wild, I mean, are they even going to recognize like what a hyena is, you know, what a, what, you know, if they, an elephant, like, are they even going to be able to, you know, um, know what these are, be aware, know how to behave, know what's a threat, what's not a threat, especially if you're being led into at an adult age where maybe even your, your mother, um, has been there in, in the zoo her whole life too. And now you're mm -hmm. both, you know, she hasn't passed down that knowledge and maybe she doesn't have it herself. I mean, you're almost like a, um, you're almost like a sitting duck then. Yeah, right. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's possible, but that will be a very costly and long process. You would have to take uh, the individuals back to, uh, to Sumatra and, and, and go step by step. Uh, and, and at the end, all the money spent for one individual is maybe not worth it. With that money, you could do more with the habitat and, and then uh, help to what is left to, you know, um, to recover. Yeah, what are your thoughts with the... Uh, uh, a minute. Oh, yeah. sorry, you go. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts with the Sumatran tigers too? Is it, because um, they're labeled by the, you know, as critically endangered. How, um, I mean, how, how bad are we, are we, are we talking here? Um, yeah, it is, the, 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 the situation is so serious. Um, and uh, one of the reasons is because it's home range, uh, like for example, in, in Indonesia, uh, the situation uh, of what is left of the rainforest and its habitat is so dark there. I mean, there's almost, I mean, it, the situation is, is it's just- It's dire. <sighs> Exactly, it's it's heartbroken, I and mean, really, it's really, really, it feels so. I don't want to. I mean, it's it's, it's ter terrible to think about that. Yeah. So um, we need to bring back uh, the forest, and also there's a second problem. Um, it's the overpopulation of human beings in this part of the world, and that's uh, we talked about earlier: noise, uh, uh, light pollution. Uh, but there are unfortunately too many people in this part of the world. So there's uh, too many conflicts with this kind of wildlife. Wildlife conflicts in overpopulated area is a big issue also and, and it provoke uh, human decline. I mean, sorry, the population declines of, of, of the endangered species. The same thing happens with, with um, elephant in Africa. Uh, elephant invade uh, so that they're hungry. They, have, they, need, they, need, they cannot find any more food because the habitat is very small, like the Sumatran tiger, and they go out their habitat to, to, to feed into, uh, for, the, for, the, for example, the elephant to feed into the crops of the local people. The local people get very angry and hunt and kill the elephant. Same thing with, with the tiger. They, they will go out and, 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 and eat uh, prey onto uh, animals, uh, livestock of, of, of the local people and the local people will, will after that uh, kill the, 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 the tiger. So, the, the, the interference, uh, the conflicts between the two worlds 
it's, it's a main issue in this part of the world and that has to be uh, solved. That's why we're trying to, to, to work on this, this very dis, uh, difficult uh, uh, issue. Uh, it's not easy, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, because as soon as you said overpopulated and you brought up Indonesia, it, you know, popped in my mind. I mean, you know, uh, two areas that are are hit pretty bad on this are areas like in, in Asia, you know, China, and then mm -hmm. in India. And India next year is set to become the population king over China next year, you know, and then you think, okay, well, demographically or ge geographically, where are these problems happening? And it's usually starting to be around where these overpopulated, uh, you know, countries are, are being. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting that you, you know, you had said that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh man, that makes so well, much sense know, now. <laughs> well, in, in the seventies, uh, the overpopulation was, was, uh, always talked. It was in the big news. There was books published. It was, it was an issue. And then it disappeared. Uh, and now it started to, Come back, but basically, overpopulation is no question a problem for many wildlife. People expand and uh, they occupy uh, the, the habitat of uh, of uh, those species. Uh, having said that, um, there is also another issue: it's the way we live. Okay, you. Uh, it's obvious that uh, somebody who, uh, who lives in Africa. Uh, let's say in, in, in Kinshasa, in Congo, will have less impact uh, than than you and me because our our lifestyle. Okay, we, we consume more, etc. So uh, there's two ways. Okay, the, the way we live, our consumption, but also uh, the population growth. I think it uh, both together have to be integrated. I mean, it's both two 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 problems. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, you got to find that balance, man. Yeah. Um, mm. I, uh, that's a good point. I, um, you know, before we, we, we finish off here, I, I got to ask mm -hmm. you this because especially how, you know, when we started talking too, I was like, Oh, Pierre is in some dangerous territory. It sounds like a lot of the time. And I, I got to ask you, I mean, have you, have your, has your life ever been in, in true danger, whether that be, you know, when you're with indigenous people, um, indigenous people, or you're in the wild and you just run into, actually like tigers gorillas you know people think that you know they go in their backyard or they go on a hike they're in the wild i mean pierre is truly in the wild when you're talking in the rainforest the amazon bison i mean you are you are in the thick of it man and has your you know even like running into say poachers i mean that could be life-threatening too i mean have you um in your your decades of doing this i mean is there a story you can you can share with us or anytime you've you've truly been like oh um and you were thankful to get out of there. <laughs> uh, honestly, it, it happened to me uh, many, many times where I thought my life was, um, I was so close to, to die, basically. Um, it, it, it's, it's, uh, I can give you many examples. I'm trying to, to find some. Yeah. So, for example, um, in, 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 um, in Africa, uh, when we, we, we track, track the forest, uh, looking for uh, gorillas, um, the, the the things that you want don't want to uh, to encounter usually it's wild forest elephant, uh, wild forest elephant, especially females, uh, female with their uh, the, the infant, um, they can be extremely dangerous, uh, protecting their um, their 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 infant and also uh, because they are hunting in this part of the world. Um, so they are very aggressive. They can be very aggressive towards human beings. 
and, and um, that I can pen suddenly, you know, or you might be tracking and just about, uh, I would say 20 meters away, you have, here we go, you have the elephant. And, and in this case, I mean, you have to make yourself very small and disappeared because basically it could be like, it happens already to, to somehow staff being injured by elephant. It's not like, uh, you know, it's, it's a real thing that can happen. Um, but beside that also you have all the tiny insect who can threaten and kill you. The one that uh, you don't see every day, you know, uh, uh, you have flies who, uh, who put uh, some uh, worms in, inside your skin. You can have uh, the, 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 the mosquito give you malaria, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not only the big animals. Yeah. <laughs> it's only the tiny ones, the insect, who can, who can, who can kill you and, and threaten your life. And of course, after that, as you mentioned, there's also um, uh, the, 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 some, some of the locals, so humans, who are not uh, welcoming you because they, they think uh, they, in the right way. That they're going to remove their 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 their, their living uh, by by hunting uh, illegal um, illegal animals, and that can be a, a also a, a danger. It can be a danger. Uh, yeah. There is a lot of times where there's a lot of tension. Um, I have uh, time also when I have to uh, we have to leave at night a village. There was too much threat in the middle of the night. We have to to leave basically leave like just uh, run any village. Run. I mean, in the morning, they were waiting for us. That's it. Oh, okay, they were damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? I mean, and, and then when I said uh, living, it was no fun. It's like walking also after the part of it into the, the wetland areas. It was so muddy. So it was, it, was, it was a nightmare. And then you end up after that into a, a road, um, a walk, walk, walk uh, all night, hoping to a truck to pass by because there's no buses, there's no cars. There's, a tr there's only trucks who pass by uh, with goods. Uh, once uh, every week, uh, basically, and we're hoping to have a truck arrive. Uh, we we pick, finally, by luck, we pick up a truck, but two hours later, the pickup broke down. So you have to to wait for another truck to pass by or try to fix the the, the, the current truck. So I have to we had to sleep uh, uh, under the truck because it was raining hard. Anyways, to make to make the the story short, it's um, it can be quite painful actually. <laughs> it's not a uh, uh, you know, uh, very easy, uh, you know, beautiful uh, uh, physically and mentally. There is, uh, there's times where it's, it's very tough. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, just from the, the sounds of it, I mean, the stress alone, the mental yeah. stress outside of the, the inclement weather, you know, the, the animals that when you're booking it out of the woods, you might be stepping on a very venomous snake something dangerous you might be walking right through a, a tiger who's sleeping um and let it go on like the elephants you had you had brought up before it was interesting when you had said make yourself small with elephants would are humans able to outrun elephants well in um no uh no, the really? elephant once yeah once the i mean once the, the elephant uh go after you it's going to go faster. It's going to destroy the entire vegetation in front of you. It's going to go. The, the, the thing is, when I say small, first, you, you just, you know, bend and make yourself very small and make him understand you don't have a gun or you're not going aiming at him because basically they, they know huh? they, they've been hunted in this area. So they, they can see the, so they will see very quickly your behavior. You know, they, they, they are very smart animals. So 
they, they will approach you very, very, very close and they will give you a chance to escape slowly. Okay, and, and, and after that you run away. Okay, but um, you, 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 you really want to make you small mm -hmm. and, and after that run away. They, give, they will give you a chance, but um, uh, I had also elephant. For example, I was in, a, in this big river in Congo and uh, we were in a, in a small boat. So going towards upstream uh, in the middle of the rainforest. And there was basically an elephant who saw us and he was following us uh, along the, 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 the riverbanks, uh, trying to, to, you know, to, to push us away along the river. See how can, also can, they can be aggressive, you know? And even my guys with me, my African um, uh, friends were, were even scared in the, even in the boat, you know, mm -hmm. because he was making a lot of noise and we could see that it, it was a female. She was not happy for us to be around even though we were in the boat you know we I, we were safe but we felt the threat it was very very intense you know yeah, yeah it's, it's it almost sounds like they're like the the hippos of the forest mm, yeah well yeah 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 and and then the hippo also can be extremely dangerous also uh many times when we see tracks of hippo we turn around and we take another track we're not trying to go into a hippo territory especially if you see fresh mark you go away immediately you're not staying there that's oh, yeah. extremely dangerous. Yeah, those those things are. I mean, it's almost like every single hippo on human earth has an anger yeah. issue. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? I well, mean... <laughs> uh, it's, 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 the mortality is there. You know, the locals know it. I mean, you will be, you will be, you will die. I mean, a good chance you could die. Yeah, yeah, because they're quick. They're, I mean, they got the jaws of a yeah. like a crocodile. I mean, um, I, mm -hmm. uh, geez, I mean, it's it's dangerous out there, man. I'm I'm glad yeah. you're you're able yeah. to kind of give us that firsthand experience because this is. This is amazing stuff, Pierre. I mean, really, you know, stay safe when when you're out there, man. I mean, uh, be careful. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's... We, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, of course, we are safe, and and we do. Uh, the, the best is uh, to know, you know, to know your environment and to be with the people who knows also. Yeah, and and um, where and it's Endangered Species International, guys. If you're listening, and where can people really find you? If you you know you have a social media presence or a website presence, um, to where they can either you know make donations, they can look up, see how you guys are doing, view the newsletter. If they, I have a ton of friends that are such animal lovers that are dying to get a good job in the environmental field too. So I know you guys do have that employment section on there too. So I'd encourage people to take a look at that. If it's something you're interested in, cause I mean, especially, mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're at the, the top of the food chain of the organization too. And everyone can see just what an amazing, amazing guy you are and how committed and hands on you, you are. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, so basically you give, everybody can check us on endangered species international.org. Um, you can go to our website and you can also donate directly through um, through our website. Um, uh, we used to have a Facebook, but I think it, it's, it's, uh, it's not up and running. I, I don't follow that closely, obviously. Um, uh, but the best way is to go to our website and you can contact us uh, through emails and there's always somebody uh, uh, to reply whatever you're looking for, uh, uh, an experience, a volunteer experience, etc. But be, be aware that most of our experience are abroad um uh so it's uh it's it can be tough also and challenging but also very learning and and, and rewarding um but also uh you will be able to see the the the, the tree effect of our work uh, by, by example uh, seeing uh, planting trees in rainforest and seeing what we planted before and see the difference 
So basically, any, 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 anything that we will um, do to support us, it doesn't matter if it's uh, through your, your, your volunteer time for your ideas, uh, through uh, financial help, uh, we'll have a tremendous uh, help, uh, helping the, the animals and, 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 and helping ourselves as well, yeah, as human beings. Yeah. Well, uh, th that's just, it's, it's all amazing stuff. And thanks so much, Pierre, for coming on today and sharing your story and, and, and you know, information about your organization too, because it helps broaden people's minds on really how, how endangered some of these species are too. And once they're gone, they're gone. You know, I mean, you're, it's, it's no, there's no take backs mm -hmm. on this, you know, there's no respawn. <laughs> I mean, yes. And, and then our world will be more uh, poorer, more, not as, as much more fun. There's less curiosity. Uh, and, and, and Daniel, thank you for, for, for having me here because uh, I know that uh, uh, it's not talked enough. You know, uh, very few people are still not aware of, of all these issues. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not, and I feel like this should be on the on the top of you know news channels every day. Is is, is a lot of this a lot of this stuff yep. too? Because I mean, you're I, I just I love so much too. You're like boots on the ground. You're in it. Your hands deep, um, because you're you're the one who knows who knows everything what's going on too. You know, you're not you know it's not like a a stats thing, and you're in a suit and kind of like talking here and there. I mean, you're you're sharing stories. You're there, and you're gonna keep doing it. You know, mm. I I um I, I love that about it. It's it's um you guys are amazing, and I'm I'm only disappointed that I didn't know about you guys sooner. <laughs> but that's uh that's all right pierre i'm definitely gonna stay in touch with you man i'm sure i'll uh i'll yeah, see sure. you down the road too mm -hmm. and and be safe man be careful out there all right <laughs> yeah. yeah i will i will i will i promise all right. <laughs> we have so much work to do so yeah yeah well sound, it sounds good but thank pierre. you so much again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no no problem man i'll i'll see you down the road i'm sure Excellent, excellent. With every star.